Okay. Hello, everybody. Welcome to this special episode, episode 107 of We Gotta Talk with Sunny. I am really excited about today's topic because this is something that we're diving into um, a little deeper than normal. We actually have two podcast episodes this week on kids and gender, and today's guests have so graciously agreed to share their stories with us. We have Don Ballard and Vanessa Baker, who are joining us from LA. And Vanessa, where is it? Arizona? Yep. Phoenix. Okay, Phoenix, respectively. And this all started, oh gosh, I guess on email, I got an email, a group email from this Hey Mama thread, which is a little professional moms group that I belong to with John's name on it a while back. And I had been turning around the issue of doing a, a whole week on kids and gender for a while. And Don's email popped into my inbox and said, listen, I, I have a story I really want to share and I hope that it resonates. And it was all about her experience um, with her child, with her, her now son and his journey into becoming who he truly is. Don then ended up sort of leading us to Vanessa indirectly. We got to Vanessa to add on to the conversation too. And Vanessa's a parent teen coach. She spends her days literally talking with teenagers and parents and helping them understand each other. Because as we know, kids can seem like they're speaking a foreign language sometimes. So, and she has her own experience as well with a child who um, has gone through their own gender journey. So ladies both, thank you so much for coming onto the podcast. This is going to be a very uh, real and raw conversation and I'm just grateful to you. Thank so you. happy to be here. Yeah, you guys are awesome. Okay, so guys, you're going to have to bear with us. I know there's a couple of audio issues. We can hear some glitches, but this is going to be good stuff. So we'll do our best in post to rip out some of the technical glitches. But please stay with us because this is going to be really good. Don, since you're, you're first on the frame here, I want to I get into your story, your family's story. Um, your son, Zion, um, is how old? He's 15. He's 15. And he came to you recently, what, within the past year or so, and you had a yeah. very meaningful, big conversation. Tell, walk us through what happened. Yeah, so um, it's been about 18 months now. And um, he is just, um, I think that he really realized that he was coming into a new awareness of himself. And what I like to first always, um, you know, kind of bring up is the fact that each year we would, I would have these, um, you know, a sex education talk with my kids and I make sure that, you know, we're age appropriate talking about how they're feeling in their bodies, how they're, you know, just what's going on with them really in a body sense and making sure that they're uh, aware that one, I'm seeing them, if there's any more knowledge that they need to impart to me about how they're feeling. So I never had a, uh, a, girl presenting like what you would consider uh, the princess phases or anything like that. We never oh, would do that. Yeah. Okay. Let, let's rewind it. Zion was born biologically female. Yes. As yes. we would, as society would, would call it and yeah, biologically. Yeah. So I just want to make that clear because I think there are people new to this topic who are trying to understand what trans is and how, how it works really. So born biologically female and you say you're seeing Zion not go through those typical girly stages yeah, at any you point. Know, it's like I always put it the funniest way I could put it is that never one birthday party did we have which was princess dressing. Like we never yeah. had and every time I was figuring out what are those going away gifts I was giving kids, it was never ever, you know, bubbles or that it literally was Superman capes or superhero capes always. So I was always it he had this energy and this strength and I was a, you know, a Tom girl. So I'm thinking nothing of it, you know, you're free to, you know, be yourself. And so it was never a repressed kind of feeling. It was more just, this is how my girl is expressing themselves and you're free to do that. But as you look back over the journey, you can of course see the little, the signs of, I am moving towards something that is not your typical uh, girlness, girliness that most parents are, you know, going, oh, my boy is so this and my girl mm -hmm. is so this. We weren't mm -hmm. feeling that, but it wasn't alarming. It wasn't anything, you know, upsetting or anything like that. It was just, okay, I guess I have a Tom girl mm -hmm. until the end of middle school. Middle school was very... Um, tumultuous in the sense that, you know, kids in general, I mean, they make 
movies about middle school because it's really that time where you get clicks and you get the you know the the mean girl era and you know the boys being a certain way and so i think that he was really grappling with i'm not feeling like i want to be gossiping in the corner with the girls i'm feeling like i really you know have another way of being and it's not um how they're being you know mm-hmm. and so you start kind of having a bit of an existential like what does that mean if i'm not feeling this way about being um how girls are presenting and you know in elementary school you're kind of a little more free people don't pigeonhole you in different spaces so you just kind of like i think he kind of just moved about freely middle school started to condense the energy of what does it mean to be a boy? What does it mean to be a girl? You know, and they start separating in and even in themselves, you know, in those middle school years. And I think that it started really coming up for him and just gender identity in those spaces. So as we were having those, you know, those sex conversations, I was just still going, how are you feeling in your body? What is coming up for you? Trying not to lead, but also making sure that there's space for him to speak anything that was new coming up. And he's like, you know, I'm fine. I just, you know, don't feel so, you know, girly. I don't want to wear dresses. I don't want to this and that. And so I'm like, I'm big on fashion. So I'm like, okay, well, let's see how we can be appropriate for whatever the occasion. If we're going to a wedding, you know, do you want to wear a cool suit? Do you want to wear, you know, like how can Mm -hmm. we, you know, jazz it up? But never like damping down but always going okay so let's see how we can move with what this feeling and making sure you're comfortable you know yeah it sounds like you you have always been it sounds like your approach to parenting at least from an outside perspective has always been very open and you know come as you are kind of thing was it shocking to you then when at age 15 he came to you and said this is like officially not how i feel inside so you had been seeing things that society wouldn't deem overly girly so you had already sort of had an understanding of who your child was as an individual, but did it lessen any of the shock when he told you at age 15? And it was age 14. Cause now oh, 14. Old, okay. You know, it was 14 when he came out, literally he culminated from middle school and had this, you know, this moment. Right. And so, um, I thought I had a lesbian. <laughs> I thought that, you know, um, you know, I, that's what I thought. So having him make it that transgender, I actually wasn't even really familiar with the word and wasn't familiar with the community in that way. So it was, it was like, oh, okay. I right. Okay. Yeah. yeah, I want to bring on Vanessa too, if you don't mind. And Vanessa, we're going to get to your personal story in a second, but I think this is a great opportunity given your experience coaching parents and kids to really define some of these terms for us. What is trans? What is FTM or female to male versus MTF? Please explain some of these terms for us and help us to also, which we covered in the blog post, which is up on our site right now, also talk about the difference between gender and sex because a lot of parents who may be having children experiencing some of these changes aren't, were not educated in the ways that the current generation is. So let's go through some terms here. Sure, sure. And I can really thank um, my kids, you know, for being the people who at first educated me, you know, I'm not an, an expert in the way of like, I'm a, I'm a scientist or a doctor or something like that, right? Uh, or, or a gender therapist or anything like that. But like, I've learned because it's, it's what we need to know. So um, sex is like, when we're saying it's a boy, when they say gender reveal, what they're really saying is sex reveal. What are the genitals right. that are going to be presented? Oh, it must be a, mm, see that? So that what we assume is going to be their gender identity their the way that they also there's a whole other thing of gender expression right so like i can be a woman and identify as a woman be biologically a woman express and identify as a woman and then express myself in a completely what we would call male way and that's okay too like it's kind of like a a mix and match of whatever you want Right. Okay. So you're saying the essence when you say you would identify as male at times, you're saying what the emotions are, what the traditionally male sort of defined 
ways of behavior are. That's what you mean when you say the gender expression. Well, no, that's more of like how you're showing up on the outside. How you're oh, physical, physical, physical. Okay. Yeah, See, I'm right. learning something so here. It's, it's, you know, yeah, okay, no, go ahead. No, you finish. And then I have a follow-up so question, but I want to hear the rest. Of course. It's just like, it's just like, just because somebody, I know this is so mind-blowing because we've never thought about it like this, you know, the most of us, the mainstream of us, right? Where, mm-hmm. where it's like, I can say that uh, I can feel inside and know that I'm a woman and have been born with, with male genitalia. Like, so that's okay. No one needs to worry about that. That's me. That's something I know about. For example, like if I'm saying it, that's what I would know about myself if that was the case. Mm-hmm. Right. And then right. I can say I was born this way with my biological sex, but I know that I'm the other gender, it doesn't match. And then I can express myself any way I want. I don't have to look like a boy or look like a girl to make anyone happy or help it make sense mm-hmm. how I identify. Perfect. Good explanations. I do have follow-ups, but I want to talk about when we say a trans male, that was someone who was born biologically female, correct? transitions right. to male and the opposite would be true for male to right. female sort of going in, in, in the opposite direction. Okay. I wanted to clarify that because there is a lot of, um, when we don't use the right terms, we can inadvertently hurt feelings and, and things like that. So Don, I'm going to bring you back into this conversation too. And, and I, oops, let me unmute you real quick. There we go. Um, oh, Don, hit on your unmute button if you could real quick. There we go. Um, so, so I was talking to friends about doing this this topic, not only friends, people that I mean, I was recently acquainted with. I really like to kind of suss out these topics with people um, as they're coming up on on the show. And there's just a lot of confusion, which in in my mind sort of leads to an inadvertent prejudice. People are very nervous sometimes when you tell them that the way that we've been operating in society is just not enough, right? So the feelings that I get, and I want to know as both parents and in your case, um, an expert, Vanessa, in your experience with working with teenagers, how do you explain to people new to this concept um, why it is something that we need to embrace or at the very least understand? Should I go or Don? Yeah, you can go either one. Okay, so I love that you said that. We don't have to understand. We don't have to understand. We have to love. And we have to get in their world, whoever, whoever, right? Like fill in the blank. I get what we're talking about this week, but we need to show up and get as acquainted with their world by listening, by calming ourselves down, by being present and just, and just be with them. We may never understand. I don't even know what the criteria for understanding actually is, you know, but it's just about loving them and saying, you know, I don't feel it. I don't, I don't understand. And that has nothing to do with that. I'm going to support you and stick up for you and advocate for you. What do you think, Don? You like that? Like, does that jive with how you think? Yeah. It's so funny because I love, you know, it is a, um, we are very hung up and Vanessa and I had talked earlier last week. We're very hung up on, uh, what we don't get. And so, because we don't get it, then it must ixnay it, you know? It's like, it does not exist if I don't understand it. And it's like, you don't understand how the internet works. And you use it anyway. (laughs) I'm like, like we try to understand, like, you know, what's the banking system and how do I, you know, what is stock trade? You know, understanding is a broad, huge thing that we're going through our whole life trying to uh, gain more understanding and more knowledge of the world we live in. So having things that be out of your purview and having you, uh, you know, down it or um, shame it or ban it because you don't understand is kind of like, it's not a real thing. But you just mm-hmm. want to say that this thing that, and, and we were talking about people want floors, they want walls, they want to have clear yes. boundaries for things because it makes us feel safer in the world. So people want to say it's this or this. And we are so having to open our understanding of what things are really not this or that. Mm -hmm. And that is what's challenging for people, I think. 
Did you ever think, Don, that this would be something that you would have to understand or or embrace? Or I mean, because I know as a parent, there are many things we anticipate, right? Um, and and I wonder if now that you're in the position, almost of an advocate or at least um, an educator in, in in some senses, with all the media and interviews you're doing, like, did you ever think that this would be part of of your calling in the world? No, and that's what it's so it's so funny because. You know, children broaden your horizons in the world. I loved how Vanessa said, you know, our children teach us. And it's like, if you had a child who has a rare form of some genetic disease, or you have a child that has uh, a disability or anything that's going on with your child, you deep dive into that moment mm -hmm. because that's my child having, and I mean, it can be something as mundane as, oh my gosh, they have an ear infection. They keep having an ear infection. What do I need to do about that? What does that mean? And all of a sudden you're, you know, Googling and you're in medical books and you're trying to figure out what is in their diet, this, that, and the other. And then you find a whole community of people who are like, oh my gosh, we have chronic ear infections. And this is probably, you know, it might be a part of Crohn's disease or it might be a part of, you know, uh, lactose intolerance. These are the things that we learn. And all of a sudden there's a whole group of people who have experienced and who are a part of that community. And you're like, oh my gosh, I didn't know you guys were over here. And that's how I felt about being in this new community that my children, as they are growing and being in the world, they open up for me all of these places and spaces and, and being in this gender, um, you know, kind of like a spectrum is not a, a foreign concept to civilizations. It's just us. Like, you know, when we did our deep dive into understanding more about what it meant to be trans, we came upon the Native American. Are we all going out or? There you go. You're back. You were on a I roll, know, girl. Go, go, go. You said when we were doing a deep dive, I was like this. Tell me more. Okay, well, go ahead. <laughs> yeah, so both the husband and I had to educate ourselves because it is our child. So to the point of understanding, I need to understand my child more than I would have to, let's say, if that isn't, you know, the chronic ear infections are not affecting right. my child, right? What were you going to say about the deep you did and what you found out about some Native Americans? Yeah. So um, the Native American have a tradition um, that is called, uh, you know, uh, uh, to gender and they have like they've always had terminology for um, people who are not quote unquote presenting with the mm -hmm. sex genitals and then how they actually are showing up in the world and they have loads of writing about it it's a, it's a tribal understanding and it's not um, a lot of you know indigenous tribes even in Africa they have a way of expressing people who are not showing up quote unquote in the norm of cisgender society so right. it's just something that we and and we know people you know that you know you're like oh yeah bobby was never blah 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 but we just are creating words for it and respect mm -hmm. for it and a understanding that that is also a normal way that we can move in our society that does not have to freak us out Right. You know, and, and I, I'm far from an expert, obviously, the reason we're doing this interview is to educate people, including myself. But I always, you know, in, in talking to friends leading up to this, because this is a very juicy sort of um, conversation provoking, opinion provoking topic for the people who are struggling to understand, I would my way of approaching it. And this may be imperfect, but is saying like, I knew I have known since I was this big. I have felt feminine in my energy. I have known that I am, even though I'm also externally, obviously, and biologically female, I've also been essentially, my essence has always been female. And I've known that. And I say, don't you remember? Like, I've always just known that's who I was. So my thought as an outsider on this topic is, of course, we trust the kids. Just like I knew who I was inside from this big these kids know who they are and they're telling us. Absolutely. And so I think that's just one way to come at it, right? We've in, in cisgender, by the way, correct me if I'm wrong, is when your biological sex matches with your gender. Your, okay. So yeah, anyway, that's just one way that I was trying to sort of bring it up because it, it is, it's really bothersome to some people to not, um, they, they, they're saying, but why? Why do I have to tell my sixth grader who has a, ch a trans child in his class that 
there are, you know, this is something in the world. It seems too big of a concept for him to grasp. How do we even talk about it? So Vanessa, I'm going to let you take that because I'm sure you have heard, um, you've heard parents say that who say, yes, I respect that this is where a child might feel, but at what age do you present this as a broader conversation for those on the outside to also understand? Well, I say zero, I zero. Like this shouldn't be a thing. This shouldn't be like, now I'm gonna tell you about, you know, I can't even think of a good example, but no, like this is like, everybody is who they are. Everybody is who they are and you're perfect and they're perfect. And when you said the thing about the parents saying, well, great, good for them, I'm happy for them, but why does my child need to be educated and exposed to such travesties, <laughs> right? They're thinking in their mind. And I gotta say this, it's not contagious. Hey, it's not contagious to be on the LGBTQIA plus spectrum. It's not like that. It's not a trend. It's not contagious. So we're insulting our kids when we say that we don't want them to be exposed. And also what we're doing is showing that we're afraid. We're afraid. What if it's not contagious, but what if it helps open up this, this understanding of our own child to themselves by, you know, because I came out when I was 38. And let me tell you, like, Ellen DeGeneres, um, I mean, you name it, like, there's so many out women these days. And she was one of the first, not first, first, but you know, like, it was a big deal. I don't know if you guys remember that. But oh, um, yeah, of course. Right. So, so, like, I could see myself in in the women who were out, right. And so if your child sees themselves and see something possible because someone else is out, it's not their fault. That's who mm -hmm. your kid is too. So it just shows the fear that parents have and that they don't think they can handle it or that they'll be judged. So, yeah, I mean, I, I literally just had that conversation with someone and it was, um, I, I can't remember the grade. I want to say fifth grade or something. And, you know, there is a fear as parents that, um, not the contagious thing, but the more we, we, we download them with all this information on big world things, sex, gender, um, you know, even things like crime, if they're watching the, the news at night too much. And there's a fear that things foreign to them, concepts outside of their realm of familiarity are going to somehow um, disrupt who they are. But I, I, I love hearing you say um, it, it won't change the essence because just like we have known who we are at various times in our lives and like our stories may be different and when we choose to come out with who we are, but that doesn't take that away from your child. I like hearing you say that because there is a fear. I, that's all I hear from parents every time, you know, they'll open up an article and it'll be like, oh, so-and-so, and it's this discussion on um, not identifying as a gender. Um, uh, who am I thinking of? Elliot Page, um, former, formerly Emily Page comes to mind, right? And these articles come out and these people are no longer who the public perceive them to be. And there's, Ellen, there's this- Ellen anger. Page, sorry, Ellen, I had to jump in. Yeah. yeah, no, no, you're mm -hmm. right. Um, and there's an anger almost like, how dare you, uh, you know, sell yourself as one way and now you're this way. And this is a phony concept. There's just so much anger that it provokes. And I'm really still trying to get at that because I'm I'm surprised that that's the initial reaction. And is it because of what Don said that we want boundaries so clearly defined that we are neglecting and, and alienating people who don't fall into those categories? Is that what it comes down to? And either of you guys can take the question yeah go go ahead Don I don't want to take up the thing can I well let me just say this one little thing it's that we um it it's that no you go you go I'll think of it in a second I just lost it <laughs> yeah I mean it's like of course there's just so much I mean everything is generated either out of being in fear or being in a love space right so there is the unknown for us everywhere and we're constantly trying to get some ground underneath us. And so one of the big concepts that we understand is that there is change. It is the most certain thing. There is nothing that is certain as change. It's going to be moving. And so even understanding how to create um, peacefulness within this change and knowing that I'm fine. <laughs> and even as things change, I'm going to be fine. 
that's a part of like creating stability, quote unquote, for our kids. Cause everybody's like, I'm trying to create um, stable ground for my kids. Did, do I need, do we need to back up because of that or? No, no, you no, guys are okay. good. I'm just flipping between the screens. Yeah, no worries, oh, go yeah. ahead. Yeah, so I just, I was saying that, you know, I feel like parents are um, thinking that their job is to um, create a uh, quote unquote safe environment out of things that are not um, really uh, in conflict with their safety concepts. Wow. <laughs> you know? so Damn. You just, you just blew my mind, Don. I feel like you answered so every potential concern. Say that again. Can you so remember what you said? Trying to create a safe environment out of things that are not in conflict with your child's safety. So in other words, concepts like there are people who will die. <laughs> that is not creating a non-safe environment, letting them know that things live and then they die. You know, it's like that people have disabilities or accidents happen and things could happen to them or that there is, you know, disease in the world. These are letting them know about their surroundings, about the world. Um, I love watching nature channels. Our whole family loves watching nature channels. And we discover in these things like, like crazy animals that we never knew or underneath the sea that train, they change genders and they change, you know, and they morph from this to that. So even in my concept of listening and, and assimilating what Zion was going through, it's like really like caterpillar into a butterfly does not even look remotely the same thing. Like, I mean, mm -hmm, uh, mm -hmm. when you look at a caterpillar with all of the legs and all of them and turns into a butterfly, mind blown. So everything that is, that God has like, you, the universe has created is so multifaceted and so huge and big and wide that to think that this gender thing is only that or this is just kind of like, okay. I mean, really? Like there's like, I mean, there's a hundreds of thousands of variety of trees. Dogs right. that are of all kinds of like breeds, but this thing, this human thing, it's only this or it's only that. And it's just like, right. that is not in explaining it. And not even like, cause again, everybody's like, how do I explain it? So the whole point is age appropriate. The best thing you're saying is this exists. I don't need to explain all the religions of the world. I need to let them know that they exist. So there's gonna be somebody in your class that could wear, you know, different garb that is, you know, to their practice. There are people that will have a yarmulke. They are Jewish, they exist. I don't have to explain to you and it's not like you're gonna turn out being Jewish one day and maybe you will, who knows? So these are the things that are not in, Conflicting on their safety to explain that there are different people and different ways they express, period. And the less pressure and anxiety and, you know, that we put on it, the more it's like, yes, this child is in a wheelchair. There are some people who are not able to walk. Their legs do not work the same way, period. Mm -hmm. Later right. on, if they want to know more about that child, we talk more about it. How did this happen? Could this happen to me? All of these things are going, this is our universe. This is our world. And let me show you all the things as we, and they come up that could be something that you need to know about in the world. And that is all. It's not infringing on your safety. <laughs> Don, you like took us to church. That was holy and appreciate. Like that was good. That was just, uh, it is, is what we say to our kids. It is. This is yeah. who and they already know. But but why do we complicate it though, Vanessa? Because there is there is a sense of there is a sense of insecurity for some reason. And and my suspicion is that if some parents think that their children are provided with options, air quotes, to exist beyond how society has deemed it possible to exist for so long, that they will end up not knowing their child. And that you know what? That feels really scary to a parent. So that's me playing armchair psychologist. But it's almost like you know, you give them more options or you let them know that they can, they maybe not, um, they might not have to end up as the person that the world has told them. And it scares some parents because as we talked before the recording, Don, 
Um, and I, Vanessa, you were on there too. The big challenge in parenthood, honestly, is not that we are afraid to love our kids for who they are. It's the fact that we have to relearn the lessons in the meantime, right? And we never get the kids we think we're going to get. And it could be in regards to their development. It could be regards to their personality. It could be in regards to their abilities with sports. You know, the dads who want their sons that are jocks like they were. There are so many things we have to accept about our kids as being different, but this just... This is one that feels different to some people, but I guess when you look at it from how John just sort of put it into perspective, it is the same thing. It's it's you you have a child that you didn't expect, and then you you have to relearn. You just yeah, have to catch up. Definitely, you have to catch I think, up. Yeah. I think that the thing with parents is that we get that movie in our head. We were talking about that earlier. We get that picture in our head about what it's going to be like. And God bless us. We're just doing the best we can. We're trying to prepare. You know, I remember waiting for my firstborn. He's 18 now, almost 19. And, you know, like, I remember that feeling of just like, he's going to be away. And guess what? He was. He exceeded my wildest dreams in his linear thinking and his Oh, just like in, in the sweetest nature. I mean, I don't, we all don't know like what he is. He's this, like, what are you? He's so whatever you want to say perfect, but has no concept of that perfection. He's just a hump, right? He's all the things that like in my little brain in my control freaky fear-based at the time way that I would have wished for if you will. Then I get my second child. And the minute I met her, I was like, oh, no, she's mine. No, she can't be mine. <laughs> like, I <laughs> what, like, why? what did she show early on? Because we know they have personalities even when they're small. <laughs> well, well, I don't know. I mean, I can only talk about it in hindsight. But I just knew that I think I knew in my in my bones that she was going to change me. And I didn't like that idea. I really was like very uh, attached to my ideas. And I knew that she was going to be hard. So yeah, she was a really hard baby. You know, um, she had colic and all that stuff. So like, that's not really what I mean. But as she got older and older, I mean, this, this girl, just everything that I valued in terms of like what people think and, and fitting in and um, walking the line, following the rules, being a good girl, nothing she was bad. I've never considered any kid in the world as a bad person or kid. But, um, I, but like this whole good girl thing that I have going on this perfectionistic thing, that was like hilarious to her inside and out from her subconscious to her words. It's just like, that's ridiculous. So she comes out as gay when she's 10, 10, 10. I'm like, cool let's be gay you know and and i'm like okay i'm googling like gay in phoenix <laughs> like, i just like i'm like let's do this i'm not out yet at that point right and i was married to her dad and everything and um and so so we go through that we show up at p flag meetings you guys should look that up um we start you know like like looking into like like what don said we dive dove into what that means and not like it's a disease not like it's a sickness not like something's wrong not like we're preventing something but like and it's not an interest it wasn't an interest she's presenting like this is who i am i met a lesbian and i realized that's what i am and i was like okay wonderful right i'm glad you know this her first question am i gonna go to hell oh that breaks my heart i know it's so sad it's so sad and so i'm like Hell no. <laughs> <You're not going laughs> <hell. laughs> That's awesome. God made you, God made you perfect, right? And how old is she now, Vanessa? Now she'll be 17 on the 27th. So I think that's Saturday or Sunday. I, I think it's Saturday. And so since then, she changed her name. That was about a year later. She changed her name from a feminine name to like a more kind of like in the middle name of gender sounding to Ollie, I can say. And um, and she we call she asked us to call her they, them as her pronouns. You can see in my um, screen there, I put she, her, you know, like we don't need to assume what our, everyone's pronouns are. I don't need to let other people have to out themselves by saying their preferred pronouns. So I just say it too, even though you might assume I was born a girl night. I am a girl, right? So we called her, we used her pronouns, they, them. She didn't um, identify as male or female. 
non-binary. She changed her name. Like I said, um, we we went on to puberty blockers. We got you know counsel of met, you know doctors, and we went on puberty blockers so that she wouldn't fully develop as a woman at that age, about twelve-ish at this point. So that when she when and if she chose to transition, she wouldn't have less to work on physically, and it would also help with the depression and the body image things that she would be going through. So flash forward to about 15 or 14, and she's like, you know what? I don't identify as a male. I don't identify as a female. I don't want or need to transition to um, do anything medical about this. And what I'm going to do is just be Ollie. Mm -hmm. And that's the story. So it was like an almost situation, but not. I, I have to hop in here, Vanessa, just asking a question that I know a lot of people are probably thinking, as a parent, is there any regret on your part having let her go on the blockers? Is there anything you look back on and would have done differently? No way, no way, no way. It, it, it contributed greatly to her mental health. She was in therapy. She had her pediatrician. She had both of her parents, my ex-husband and I, supporting her and navigating and my, and my wife at the time. She's still my wife. <laughs> I don't know why I said that. The same wife I have now um, on her side. Like we were all just like all in and, you know, we didn't do anything um, crazy, but we wanted to help support that. And that at that point she went off the blockers and now mm-hmm. she's developed as a, a woman and she considers herself queer, non-binary. And um, she's da- okay. Here's the thing. So she's, she's just fell in love. She's just fallen in love. And it's the most wonderful thing to see. It's the most wonderful thing to behold. And it is what it is. You can't, it's kind of like, am I in labor? Well, if you're asking that, you're not in labor. Like (laughs) she's in love, no questions asked. Like it's a thing, right? And so he also identifies as queer and non-binary, but he goes by he or they pronouns. And she goes by she or they pronouns. And like, you get it? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. That's the thing. Seeing your kid happy. Yeah, for sure. Don, yes. it has, was there a moment with Zion recently where he was like, thanks, mom? And it was ever a revelatory kind of like, man, I raised an awesome human. And, you know, this is, we're kind of getting through this together. Because, I, you know, I'm seeing poise and, and grace and a lot of acceptance on your part that I'm, unfortunately, many trans kids probably don't get when they first come to their parents with their identities and their stories. So I wonder if he's ever been like, you know, thanks for being so cool and, you know, thank you for understanding. Yeah, I mean, it's been, uh, he's extraordinary. I mean, like anybody who is strong enough to be who they are to me in our world where we're assimilating like craziness, like our whole thing is, we want two things. We want to stand out and be unique individuals. And yet we'd all like to fit in. Like it's two crazy (laughs) diametrically opposed ideas. And so so I think that like, when I look at my kid, uh, first of all, he's very thankful to be in our family where we call ourselves the dolphin pod. And we really are just it just it just really works and i'm That's very cute. thankful thankful for the hubby who is just like okay so what are we learning okay so what, what are we <laughs> i'm like okay. That's awesome. Yeah, so it's like we really um you know he of course is very thankful and very i mean the thing about being a parent is that you are each age your child's be- becoming you've never had a child that age for that eldest child, right? So it's like, what does having a 16-year-old feel like, look like, I don't know, right? And so we're all in this discovery together. And I feel like my kid knows that intrinsically, he's bringing us along on this new journey that he doesn't even know all of the spaces and where the ends are, right? He's never, just like Vanessa was saying, he's never been in love. He hasn't had those first blush of, this or that what i'm sure of is that this picture um that we have of raising our children should be based on the values that we want to place right in there and not on the things they're going to do Mm -hmm. so the values are that i want an honest upstanding kind um wise you know young man of a child that has no gender to it i want a wise upstanding 
wonderful, courageous, just, you know, woman, man, non-binary. And that's where my parenting always like lives no matter what is if you're about raising an, a human, right? So all of these things are qualities of being human. So even as parents are trying to find terminology to understand that these are all ways that people show up as humans, you know, whether it's color of skin or, you know, you know, sexual, you know, orientation or identity, these are all human qualities, right? Uh, what skin color I am. It's a human quality. It's not something that is either a, a good or a bad or a fear or a this. It's just a quality of being human. And that actually helps you understand that that is what I'm really doing on this planet. I'm expressing just being a human. Now, how I do that, the values that I do that with is what I'm imbuing in my raising of my child. So, you know, I told Zion and he understood that, you know, even this whole gender identity doesn't take over your childhood either. Mm -hmm. We are not just, you know, and I mean, I'm sure any person who's dealing with a child who even has, you know, other disabilities, like part of it is like, you have a wheelchair that is not going to define you, right? Right. Because I'm, we're imbuing in you your powerfulness about who you are, right? And so all your can-do attitude, all your, um, these are but my dreams and visions of my future, all of those still live in this person that has um, this uh, disability or another ability, which is having a wheelchair. And same for gender and shame for anything else that is happening in your child's life. I'm raising the human inside, right? And that doesn't ever shift whether I, you know, you have a new name and you identify different, I'm still parenting this child and mm -hmm. this human. And so his little brother, at, he told his little brother first, and um, and then he, they helped <laughs> they helped each other <laughs> with the coming out conversation to dad and I. Oh, that's um, cute. Hotel room <laughs> oh, <laughs> because we had been like having the most busy. <laughs> the husband and I had been like he he was working in another state, and so Zion had kept himself together long enough for us to get all into one space. He told us he had something big to tell us. And we had literally flown into where the hubby was working the night before. We were like, wait, wait, wait. before you give a big old reveal, let's have one dinner. Because we've been like, you know, apart. And um, and then, you know, um, the way that Cairo expressed it just made me proud as a parent. So the youngest, um, he was just like, you know, after Zion had said, you know, so I really have realized that I am not a girl like that's just not who I am inside I'm really a boy and I've chosen this name is Zion and it was one of the names in the baby book when I did not know the sex of my child that I had chosen was Zion and you know different names you have your list your yes list your list if it's a boy and um so I mean that slayed me you know because it's like even in the um, taking in of this news that is going to be shocking. You know, I had to mourn the girl that I really had all these pictures of raising. I mean, and that's mm -hmm. just reality. And, um, but his, his, the younger brother was like, well, mom, you always told us that we are a spirit being that has a body. And so the spirit of who Naya was, who is now Zion, has another way that he's expressing in his body, but it has nothing to do with the spirit of who he is. And I was, it's, he's like, it's like changing cars. Like, you know, this is the frame. And now this is not the frame. Hmm. The car, the engine, the engine is still there, right? Same thing. So we were <laughs> the like, high performance engine. Yeah, no, that's, I mean, your, your children sound very wise and um, credit to you for explaining to them, giving them the foundational understanding of, of who we are as people and that we are more than this. I think that's, we that's are wonderful. With, with human skin, like we're having this, you know, this, this body thing is like such an ingenious tool, but it is not it's a tool. Yeah. It's not the full expression. That's why when people have, you know, abilities that are different, their spirit, you know, their mind, their spirit, who they are, the essence of them is still shining through. 
you know, mm-hmm. or you would just, when you lose a leg, it would be like, okay, I'm done. This is my spirit. The who I really am is now right. completely altered forever. And it's like, no, it's just a part of the skin thing that we're in. And that thing has a whole lot of spectrum of possibilities that we just didn't want to deal with understanding that that's mm-hmm. part of our expression. Oh, as well. I love it. I love it. Vanessa, Don touched on something that I, I really wanted to dig into and, and sort of based off of your experience, having coached both parents and kids, there's the part that we haven't discussed yet, which is a, a, a path of acceptance, a path of understanding on the parent's behalf. So I'm curious when you work with, with parents, whether it's with their child present or not, some tips or um, sort of perspective altering exercises you give them to get through that because um, as accepting as we all are, like Don said, there's a period of mourning a child, not raising the child you thought you were going to raise. So give us some practical tips or things that you say to parents that you work with who are in that situation. Yes, for sure. Um, One of, okay, so man, let me just think of where to start because I'll tell you this, the whole thing about my practice is, and and the the work that I am here to do is that we as parents need to get ourselves sorted and get ourselves out of our own way, or we will (laughs) never, ever, ever be able to accept our child. So if I talk to a parent who says, I'm having a lot of trouble with this and I can't accept what's going on or I'm not going to use their pronouns or their new name. That's not what I gave them and blah, 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 right? I'm like, I get that. I get that. Then I ask them, what is it about you that you don't accept? Because you see, we're only overflowing onto our children what is existing already inside of us. So if I'm scared of my child being judged i'm not walking around fully confident in who i am that's not a thing and and i'm not taking away from what you said about the mourning the loss and da, 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 but i didn't have that like and it's not me better me worse but i i don't think that has to happen either i mean like maybe it's because i had five kids and i was like wow i've got everything here. <laughs> <laughs> like, i don't know but what i'm saying is that um However confident and self-assured and healed, can I say, yeah, healed. However, the, the get, like, I, I love this quote. I don't know who said it. We can look it up later, but we, we can only meet people as deeply as we've met ourselves. That's so good. And Maybe, it's by me. Maybe I'll just say it's by me. You loved it. It's true. My work is always about this isn't a kid thing. Don't even say their name. I don't even want you to say their name. We are not talking about your kid. We are not talking about their problems in quotes. We're not talking about issues. We're just going to talk about you. And I don't need to know everything about their past and all that. I just like, who are you being in your life about yourself, about your parents? the kids' grandparents, right? You may, dead or alive, you may still be so worried about being accepted by your own parents that they're going to ironically not accept you for loving your kid, which is our incredibly true instinct. We want to love our kid, but fear can override that. So it's always about the parent getting really super straight about who they're being and how they're operating and how, I'm sorry, but the kid is just another of a billion examples in their lives where they aren't being loving. And that comes down to self-love. So do you get there with many, most parents you work with and help them reach that point of acceptance? And, and I know this is, yes. this is gonna sound like a silly question, but how long does it usually, is this like a, a year's thing, a month's thing? I mean, if you were to break it down, <laughs> I mean, it, it, I, because I think there are going to be more people that are harder to break, I don't wanna say break down, but parents who are harder to like un, understand. And I, I know there are kids, <laughs> yeah, come on, give me that joke. Talk about wanting def, definite boundaries. I'm like, all right, Vanessa, what's the formula here? <laughs> okay, okay. This is but I'm asking because well, let me just put this let me put this caveat on. Because yeah. 
um, we have many complicating issues on how we define ourselves, right? There's people with, with religious influence and there's familial influence and there's um, our own childhood experiences and what you talked about. There remains a desire, even in adults, to be accepted by our parents. I mean, there's so many things. We are just a storm, a cyclone of, of issues ourselves. So is there something you notice when you work with these parents? Yeah. Yeah. And, and I always joke because like, you know, I have a business. I, 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 this is my livelihood. I, I do a good job supporting myself. Right. So it'd be really cool if it took a year because I get paid for a year. But what's awesome is that I can do that in like an hour. I can do that in an hour, an hour. I'm not kidding because I have a wonderful ability and, 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 you know, I don't know what you want to call it, but like I have this knack of simplifying the most complicated trials and troubles and crises or whatever into, into just like you're in or you're out. It's this or it's that pick you pick, what are you going to do? And, and it's like supportive and loving. And I get a lot of feedback about how I keep it light and funny, but it's, but it's also like, Ow! I hate yeah. you, Vanessa. And I'm like, like good. What do they good. come back you and tell you? Good. What do they come back and tell you after having worked with you? You know? Oh, just just a freedom. It's about freedom. It's like it's like you get to listen to your heart, which is like I need to love my kid, don't I? And then just just tune out, turn the volume, the mute button out on everything else. It's so tempting want all the friends kids from growing up and their parents to understand right and and church don't get me started unless you want to get me started god the universe cool cool as shit like there's nothing about god that that is anti his children nothing nothing and there are books that people have written about you know being you know, um, queer, you know, gay, lesbian, bi, trans, whatever, that, that just, just blow up the Bible stuff. And then uh, last week I got to talk to this amazing woman, a, a rabbi here in Phoenix, and, and we're working together, we're building a partnership. And I'm like, so all your population, they're gonna be down with that, like some lesbo is out talking to your kids and stuff. And, and she's like, the Jewish religion is not like that. We embrace every, like what, what Dawn was just talking about. So God is, people make God a reflection of their own fear sometimes. And that's so sad. That is so sad. That is a really great one too. People make God a reflection of their own fears. That's. He's love. Hello. He's yeah. love. God is love. God is love. The universe is perfect. Like, right. Like there's nothing mistaken there's nothing wrong it's not a disease or a disability or a problem that someone shows up the way that they show up in this world it's our job to love them and that's it and support them and get them help and you know i mean a million things it's not i'm not trying to over 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 simplify it to where we don't get resources that we need all for the whole family and for the child but let's not make this into something it doesn't need to be which is a a, a hoop to jump through or a condition we need to fulfill a certain condition as a child for our parents to be proud of us. No, I'm not. No, we don't do that. We're going to round out the conversation, guys. And I want to end with both of your um, advice or perspectives on this issue as you have been through it individually and or with your kids. Any words of comfort, any words of advice that you want to offer to people who are on any part of the equation who may be experiencing something similar, whether it's themselves coming out or someone dear to them. And, and, and Don, we'll start with you. Um, you know, it's like I loved just... Vanessa said it so great. It's like, and I, I say it in another way. It's like healed people heal people, you know, it's like when you're healed, you're healing to the world. And so when I, you know, Shafali to, uh, Sabari is this wonderful, she has this book called conscious parenting. Um, and I was reading it and before um, this whole coming out from Zion and when I was really understanding is that I don't own my kids. I don't own them and they are not a reflection 
of me. They actually are just their own orb with their own vibe and their own whole thing. They, I mean, God didn't like give me their lungs. And so I got to breathe for them. He didn't give me their brain, you know, like they have their whole situation all taken care of. So then that means that I have to also just be who I need to be because my kid isn't going to be the sports star that's going to make me look good as a parent. And my kid's not going to be this amazing, you know, cheerleader that I'm going to get to feel sexy and young and cool again. That's not their job. <laughs> their job is to be them. My job is to be me. So therefore, I can let go of all of those ways that I just need to mold and make and create this thing that's going to then go out in the world and just shine this whole light all back on me. Like, how great am I because of you? And it's like, you're going to have to just be great all by yourself. I'm so yeah. sad. <laughs> you have to do it. It's going to have to be you. So the advice is that whole idea of what Vanessa is saying is when you're healing yourself, when you're working mm -hmm. on yourself, you let go of these pictures and these things and these boxes that you need everybody to be in, right? Because it's not just your kid. They're just the, at least within arm's length of you being able to snatch him up and say, you're going to make, I'm going to make you be this way, right? All the people out in the world, you want to do it with them all day long, but the only person you can change is yourself. So mm -hmm. allowing that to be a real thing for you where you really understand, I am not in charge of shaping them. They are not a reflection. I do not own them. They are mm -hmm. their own people. I'm here to raise them, to love them, to give them wonderful guidance about this world they live in and then let them shine their light. Then you get freedom. That's so true. And this is uh, on a smaller scale than why I hate, always hate the term mini me. You know, there's like a lot of people online who are like, look, it's my mini me. And I mean, probably, I probably have used it sort of in a joking way too, but I always want to say the world doesn't need another me. Like stop trying to like, your kid is, is, is her own person. She doesn't want to dress like you. Like let her be her own person. Anyway, side rant, but it is just a little bit of a, it's a triggering thing for me in some ways too. So hearing you say that, it's like, yes, the world does not need replicates of who we are. In fact, we would probably never evolve if we continued to put duplicates of us yeah. into the world. Yeah. What we need is that evolution. We need that. We need to heal. Like I feel like if this is not a call for us to look in the mirror, then nothing is. Because all of the topics that we're talking about lately, we covered emotional eating recently. We covered something else. And the theme that I'm hearing over the past several weeks is just always ends on um, self-reflection and finding what your part, owning your part of the equation. And I just, that is a recurring theme, it seems to be. And I, I'm pleasantly surprised that it it plays into this week too, because I, I frankly wasn't expecting it, but you're totally right in every way. So Vanessa, you want to round us out with your advice slash perspective slash other big bombs you want to drop because you guys are on fire today? <laughs> I know this is fun. Is this only an hour? Let's go like seven hours at least. More, okay. <laughs> okay. So, Don, I love you so much. I love you so much. I am like so inspired by you and Sunny. Like, this is so enlivening to hear people advocating for personal responsibility in, in every human, right? And it's not an issue thing, it's a you thing. So like when my daughter came out at 10, I told you, uh, gosh, I should know this, but I think it was about six years. Oh no, maybe more. Hold on, hold on, 10. So she's 10, 16. Oh no, no, only three years later, I came out as gay. So it was in, so this is the opportunity that I wanna like illustrate. So in showing up for her, our kids in this amazing way and following our gut instinct, which is to love and nurture and support our babies, I was like, I need some of that. <laughs> Give me some of that, Vanessa. Like, like my inner child was like, me, pick me. <laughs> you know, because I needed that. Like I knew I was gay so long ago before I married a guy, my kid's dad. Like I knew, I knew so long ago and I didn't have the courage that my kid has. My kid has so much courage. And so she inspired me to come out. I mean, not like directly like, mom, do it. Like, but yeah. I did. Right. And my whole life changed. I, I changed my whole life and I will never be the same because of who my child is. So 
um, coming out as whatever, you know, like I'm a nerd, but I've been acting cool or I've been acting cool, but I'm a nerd or like whatever you're coming out as, you know, I'm an entrepreneur, but I've been acting like I live in a cube and that's where I belong. Like whatever people come out as, what that is, is authenticity. We're being vulnerable and we're being authentic. So when a parent is a, a human, right? A human who happened to have kids, we'll put it that way, because parents too loaded, becomes um, comfortable and looking, able to look right in the face in the mirror of who they are and can be authentic about all the things about them, the, the great things, the weaknesses, the trials, the past, and just being like, I love you. I just love you to death. I, I can't not love you person to myself. Then all the stuff that we're trying to sort out and figure out and have tips and tricks and strategies and ideas that just flows out of us out of out of love. So it's not a thing to fix. There are no problems. It's just a matter of are you going to be vulnerable? Are you going to be authentic? And are you going to take this thing we love to teach our kids about personal responsibility for your shit? Can I say shit? Yes, you totally can. Oh, we just earned our explicit rating. Yes. Usually we reach our F-bombing way earlier in the podcast. Um, yes, uh, guys, I mean, this has been um, this has been a little bit of a journey for me, too. And I love it. And I think the universe is trying to tell me and everyone something this year coming off of a really difficult 2020, the year that we could not control to learn how to control what we can. And that is ourselves and our reaction to everything around us. So I love the message of understanding and evolution that you both preach. And I'm grateful for you showing up with your authentic stories today. So thank you both so, so much. Um, I want to know where we can follow you and where we can find more about each of you. If people want to contact you outside of this podcast and want to work with you, et cetera, et cetera. Don, we'll start with you. Tell us where we can find you all over the internet. Yeah, so um, uh, my handle is at Dior Yummy Factor. I hang out on IG mostly. Um, okay. And um, the Yummy Factor by Dior is my website where uh, if you want to sign up for any um, coaching or you want to just read about whatever it is that I'm uh, talking about uh, in a week's time, then you can hang out there with me. Um, but again, both things are Don Ballard and at Dior Yummy Factor. Awesome. Can we just like get slide in both your DMs to be like buddies because I want to hang out with you guys now. <laughs> When we you can fly again. So, you have had, I just have to like shout you. You have great, amazing questions. I love your inquisitiveness. I love your deep dive. Women creating spaces where we can talk bigger in this world, have a bigger influence in this world because we'll help bring balance in the force because we are being our full expressive self. So mm -hmm. you having this platform using it for, you know, being a light is just tremendous. So thank you thank for you. having me and thank you for being yourself. Thank Vanessa, you. I'm great. Hey girl. <laughs> yummy, 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 both of you. <laughs> totally. You. Good word for it. Okay. So um, I've got a few things going on. I call it my, my multi-front attack. <laughs> you know, I've got something to say and I'm doing it every which way I can. I am mostly on Facebook, but I have an Instagram um, for business. I just, you know, um, Vanessa Baker Mindset is the name of my practice. Um, I published a book recently. It's on Amazon and Barnes and Nobles and everywhere. It's called From Mean to Real Clean, How to Create a Fully Functional Relationship with Your Teenager. I do talk about gender in the book. Um, I talk about how we have got to get real with ourselves. We have to wipe out this mean stuff, which isn't you being mean. You'll see it's an acronym. And then get real, which is authenticity, and clean. No dirt under the rug. So it's it's very powerful. I have a course that's coming out next month about that. And then I have a podcast that you guys would love. It's um, on all the platforms, Apple and whatnot. It's called You'll Understand When You're Younger. So I am there to blow up or destroy obliterate the mindset that's in our world not even america like our whole world that teenagers are problematic i vehemently disagree with that and i talk to only kids i talk to 18 to 22 year olds i actually talked to a 14 year old too brilliant episode and i just get their take on 
parenting and and it's so enlightening for for parents to hear and you'll get to hear who they are in the world it's brilliant i've got 16 episodes up and um i'm paying for it like I, it's not like a business thing it's just like these amazing kids get to be heard and they're like thank you yeah i mean vanessa like the concept of talking to our teenagers as human beings now look they're not always going to make the right decisions they still need our guidance but it it shouldn't be that revelatory, but I'm like, oh my God, this is actually a really great idea. Let's just let them talk for a second. Like I listened to, I can't remember what episode it was. It was maybe a week or two ago. And and this this girl's talking about, you know, her, her art career and her journey. And I'm like, listen to that, a fully developed in her mind, you know, 14 or 15 year old. I mean, they know who they are. We just have to listen. Do. Anyway, I feel like I'm going to be calling for your services in another like five or six years. So don't be surprised <laughs> if I'm kind. <laughs> um, all right, ladies, I am so grateful, like I said, for your time and your wisdom. Thank you so, so oh. much. Oh, yes, go. No, I yes, go. I'm such a dingling, always. Listen, I made a resource for your listeners for today. And so, <laughs> duh. So, so when you go on my Instagram, so do go on my Instagram for this, um, Vanessa Baker underscore mindset. And then you go to the link in bio, which is the link tree. The very top one is what I call a starter kit for trans kids, for the parents, in other words. And so you'll get an email back to you with like a bunch of links. Don tested it out for me. A bunch of links that will inspire, educate, open your mind, and even help you advocate when you get to that point. So please go check that out. Yes. And guys, I will put in show notes links to their Instagram handles so you can just okay. click right through. All right, guys. Thank Sorry, you. I got oh, you so off, but no, my goodness. This is very informal around here. In case you can't tell me my pink sweatpants and my, oh my box. Oh, I have a hole. How, how classy am I? <laughs> Um, okay. You guys, I love you. You're the best. Thank you so much. And thank you all for listening to this episode of We Gotta Talk. We'll be back actually later this week with more goodness. So stay tuned. Okay. Bye. Thank you. Bye.